I'm Dele Atanda, I'm CEO of MetaMe, um, which is a data management and personal AI company, and Metaye Media, which is a crypto media company publishing the world's first crypto comic. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today I'm going to tell you guys right now, get your pen and your paper ready. I have Chief Dele Atande. Chief, I say, because we're going to get into, you know, that with that name, you know, he's touching Africa, but he's doing even more. He's educating folks on Africa in a space that many of you might have just heard of with, you know, the cryptocurrencies and the NFTs, but he has various things going on. So I'm going to take time to slow down my excitement when we get into his companies, his progress, what he's doing, and how you can be involved, especially if you guys are on Start Engine for you qualified investors, for you sophisticated investors, you can really get in. And so, Chief, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Kellen. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. And I really want you to give an introduction of what you have and what you're doing for the people, letting them control their own personal data, benefit off their own data, because we know these big companies have been doing it, you know, for the last 20, 30, even longer than that, um, if we really want to nerd out on it. But give the people the game on who you are and what your businesses are about. Sure. So, um, um, Dele Atanda, um, I've been in this data space. I, I think I'm a data activist, a data advocate um, for over a decade now. Um, basically, our organizations, our group is split into three different entities. So one is the Internet Foundation, which is kind of like gives us our North Star. And we set the Internet Foundation up back in 2013 to call for digital human rights. And basically our principle is that digital rights should be an extension of human rights. And we believe that this is the next big social issue, particularly for us people of African descent and black people, but also for the world generally. So that's the Internet Foundation is that it does a lot of policy and advocacy work, but it also is sets up our network because basically the key thing is that there's a new technology, um, a technological framework around blockchain that really enables us to really kind of take control of our information, our money, our IP in a way that's unprecedented. And um, so the Internet Foundation builds our is basically responsible for our layer one framework, which is really about how we own our data as a as a how, how we create a network that allows us to actually own our data from a technological and regulatory and legal perspective. Second company then is MetaMe, and that's, we call it like an operating system. We call it a clean data operating system. And it basically is, it's like, think of it like Android or iOS, but it's a nano operating system. So it's like a tiny operating system that lives within inside iOS or Android. And it allows you to, any applications that are built on top of that operating system, 
you know that your data is being used in a in a privacy preserving way you you remain in control of all your information and all of your digital footprint when you use that operating system or applications that use that so that's metami and then metai media is our media company and that's like a content company and that's the really what the one that's getting a lot of attention at the moment because we've created this story metanites which is like a afri futurist sci-fi saga um about the battle for the soul of the internet so we kind of took our mission of what we've been doing with the internet foundation and metami and turned it into a fictional sci-fi story um to use to engage the world around the importance of the project in the space well let's 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 go piece by piece because talking about people's you know digital human rights and the blockchain everybody is so excited to get on the blockchain or to say I don't want um this paper money I just want money that is you know on the blockchain but now we're having you know governments endorse it which means governments are going to regulate these things so is the blockchain and I I'm trying to break this down for people who say they're so excited about the blockchain and I'll be off the radar I, nobody can touch me is the blockchain just an, is it like these we're going from VHS to CD so there's a better and a faster way and maybe a more secure way of holding that data or is this something where we're actually going to be able to go into our own world like gotcha life you know or the sims and really be able to live there and only be bothered only pay tax if we want to pay tax there like are we going into this you know twilight zone or black mirror season 3 where you know we're in our own zone like what is your idea and thought because you see so many people who have no idea what the heck they're talking about selling things about the blockchain and you know how it can change your life today sounds like an mlm commercial sometimes <laughs> that's a really really good question actually a really good question and really good point so my view is like the blockchain is i the the, the definition i like for the blockchain is internet 2 it's like the next it's like an upgrade of the internet and it is essentially going carrying on from where the internet started off and what the internet's given us and the internet's changed the world you know everything is done through the internet now right especially in the pandemic recently so but the way that it is built does mean that it can be world changing um in terms of our rights to ownership our rights to our to own digital assets our ability to create cryptocurrencies and to create value and there's all of this stuff that the blockchain does bring forward or does enable as possibilities that could be world changing but you have to kind of execute them in order for that to really happen and there's still a lot of innovation that needs to happen in order for that to become possible but the space that i think that is more along the lines of what you're talking about that um is going to be really transformative is what's now referred to as the metaverse and the metaverse is more like this multi-dimensional it's like a vr world in a way but that's really just about how it looks it's built off of the blockchain it's decentralized is the general consensus view on how it works so that's more like something you go into and where you you know there's a whole kind of new digital paradigm reality there's a whole new digital experience that you can have in the metaverse 
Okay. And when we when you talk about, you know, being able to protect your data and even being able to turn your data into currency, and you guys, links will be in the description if you want to follow through and maybe even check out um, the website. Um, how can people turn their data into currency? And, and I especially want to focus on influencers because there's influencers who, you know, they have 100,000 people in their mailing list, but they don't even know how much that is worth. And so they come to companies like mine and I say, hold on, let's, you know, let's talk about the data you have. And I want to collect all data. I even want people's blood types, right? So I, I have ways of let's do, ask these questions to your already, your audience out there. But how do you turn your data into currency rather than a company just making money? The regular Joe Schmo can make some money off their own data. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's something that is always harder for people to understand in an abstract sense until you show it to them, and then it's like, oh, well, that's really obvious. Um, but it can be in very, it can be in a, a wide variety of ways. One way that we're looking at um, at the moment. Oh, okay, um, so let's talk about art, right? So we've got this generative art project that we're launching. It's just effectively going public today, I think, actually. And so we've got four badass black crypto female artists um, who are just like killing it in their, in their own space anyway. And they're doing, they're taking a character from our comic series and they're creating this generative art. They're creating these these interpretations of some of the traits. We're then combining that with an algorithm and basically doing a sale around that. But the the fact that we can take these artists' work and capture them in an NFT framework where that can then be sold is already taking like the you, you, it's taking their creativity and putting it in a bottle and then selling it, right? So the same principle can be used now to put anything in a bottle and sell it. That's what's going crazy about this NFT space, like NBA Top Shots, right? They're just moments in, hit, in basketball history, which you can go and see on YouTube, but they're capturing it, putting it in a bottle and selling it. So it's the same thing that you can do with any information. If you're an influencer and you've got an audience of several thousand or tens of thousands of people who engage with you in a particular way at a particular time, you can capture that, put it in a bottle and put it in a marketplace where anyone who, can, who wants that information, who has value in that information, can pay you for it. The only thing that you have to be mindful of is are you doing this in an ethical or unethical way that's all right and so long as you're doing it in an ethical way where you're not exploiting your followers you're not exploiting your audience you're getting the right permissions from them you're enabling them to participate in the prosperity that you generate from that which is all the stuff that we can do with this tech then you know you're, you, you, you can do it by just taking it, putting it in a bottle and marketing it. 
Um, but a lot at the moment, at the moment, most of what's going on in that sense is exploitative. It's exploiting people. So as far as we're concerned, we want to stop our people particularly being exploited. We want to create a new model where everyone prospers. And I definitely can understand how you want to protect that. And I know that you, you know, spoke about how wearables and it would change the health industry. And when you talk about an internet too, I mean, we really need it because with the wearables even, how people can now know, you know, okay, my heart is at a good rate or it's not. Um, I can't say you're the godfather. I wanted to hype it up, but then I'd have to say you were like uh, Edward Thorpe or Claude Shannon, and you ain't that old in 19, you know, what, 61. I, I, so you're not that old. We know black right. don't crack if you don't no, smoke no. it. You ain't that old. So, um, so but with, with the blockchain and even in healthcare, hospitals and governments, they have their own rules. Do you think that us as patients will be able to have our wearables, um, have all our information on there, share it, whether we're here or we're in Ghana, we're in Nigeria, we're in Kenya, and be able to share that with, you know, instead of waiting for hospitals to send data, because they don't, because of JCO and HIPAA laws and all this other stuff here in America, they don't even get to talk to each other without, without you signing something or being in a coma. Right. And then two doctors have to sign off and OK, or someone has to on your behalf. Where do you see the blockchain, especially with where you're at, benefiting folks in healthcare? Because that's something we all can benefit from. Yeah, it's a great example. And I was trying to avoid going down that path before just to keep it light. But 100. Um, no. So we built. So I think we actually are very deeply involved in the space. We've got a product called Health ID, which is basically enabling people to take ownership of their health data and share it with third parties in a way that they want. So this is really dramatic and it's, it changes the game around the healthcare industry. First of all, it's a much more efficient model, right? So, you know, if you, you know, you go to a dentist, um, like, um, I don't know, when you're 12, right? And then you move state to another state and then you go to another dentist. And when you go to this new dentist, the first thing they do is take an X-ray and all of this stuff, again, get all the stuff, do all the stuff that you did before, again, so that they've got their own data about it, which is, and then if you change and go to another dentist, same thing's gonna happen. But imagine if you had all of those records and then you went to a new dentist, it's like, well, here's my stuff, bang, zoom. They know everything that they have. And then you don't have to pay for all of that again, right? Because they're going to charge you x-ray fees and radiologist fees and consultant fees and all of that, which is a scam. So already you're better off there, right? But then now, you know, um, if you're, if, you know, if you're a mother, for example, and um, you're pregnant and, you know, you want to find out the condition of your, or, or you want to find out if you have any history in your family, you could take your DNA data, you could take, you know, research that's done around that and keep it contained and, and share that and use that to find out anything you need to be aware of. I think... Um, in this pandemic, there's, you know, we're going to have to do a lot around sharing information. Like now they're asking, you're going to have to show that you've been vaccinated, show that you've been tested before you'll be able to get into restaurants or get into public spaces, get into schools and all, which is important to keep everyone safe. But you have to be able to do that in a way that you remain safe, right? 
And you have to be able to do that in a way that doesn't mean that you're now, when I go to Starbucks, you know, the cashier at Starbucks has got a right to know whether, you know, when I've left, did, was Dele Atanda, has he been vaccinated? What's his date of birth? Where does he live? Uh, why? They don't have a right to know all of that. They just need to know that when I'm standing in front of them as a person, I'm clear. Right? They don't even need to know my name. They just need to know that I'm clear when I'm in that store. So we've built a framework for enabling people to share just the minimum data they need for different healthcare circumstances on one hand. So that gives you the privacy that you need. So I think when, when it comes down to this thing about data and, and healthcare is one of the most sensitive places to discuss it. But overall, when it comes down to this thing about owning and controlling our data, there are three things that we're after. One is privacy. And that's so that, uh, well, let me just make it really simple. One is privacy, one is property, and the third is freedom, right? And the reality is, if you don't have privacy rights around your information, you can never be free. If you don't have property rights around your information, you can never be free. So that's what it really comes down to. It's like, how do you have privacy rights and property rights around all of your information so that you can be free. Bars, yes. He also is going to have his Afrobeat uh, song out soon. You can never be me. Sounds like Jay-Z, you know. Until you own your own, you can never be free. You can never be me. I, I, I love it. Um, <laughs> you, you know. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to go light, we could go light. I mean, I would have asked you, who do you prefer, you know, um, the English national team or the Super Eagles? Which one do you go with? Well, what kind of question is that? Is that really a question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't watch, I'm not really a massive football fan, but believe me, it's England versus the Eagles. I know where my bread is buttered. I'm with the Eagles, man, all day. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, you know, that, that's my light question. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, just want to see because Africa, I love, you know, and that's what got me when, you, when I saw it and you're talking about Africa. Can you tell people why you have this African-themed um, comic book, Why Africa? Because you're in America. It's clear that you are from the UK, even though he changed his words for y'all because he said privacy and not privacy. But he did that for y'all. And, and, and <laughs> I love it. I'm Brixton Nassif. You, you, got all the, you, got, you got the inside ones. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, why Africa for you? Like, what does Africa mean to you? What are you trying to teach the people and show them? Yes, I mean, that, so let me answer that question. I mean, Africa is everything, right? It's the birthplace of humanity. It's the birthplace of civilization, birthplace of culture. It's the birthplace of maths. It's the birthplace of science, medicine, everything. What it means to be human society all comes from Africa. So that's one dimension. Of course, that's in the context of what I call the Black Liberation Movement. And I don't think in all of human history, there has never been a movement for liberation as profound, as extensive as the Black Liberation Movement. I mean, centuries into century oppression, you know, that we've been going through as a people on this planet because of our originality, because of our, because of because of the color of our skin and because of our origins and because of what we have in terms of wealth, because Africa is the wealthiest continent on the planet. 
by orders of magnitude, yet the African people are the poorest people by money standards. So this is all, it's all this kleptocracy of these people stealing our wealth and putting us under oppression for hundreds of years. So the Black Liberation Movement is the most important liberation movement in all of human history for me. But the third aspect around Africa in that sense, and I think this is, you know, a really important but simple message is that we're all Africans, all black people are African. You know, it doesn't matter. And, and I, I don't use the term African-American. I use the term American-African because that's the thing. I can be in America, but I'm still African. I can be in Britain, whether I'm born there or whether I'm emigrated there, I'm still African. I'm, an, I'm a British African, I'm an American African, I'm a Nigerian African, and I can be in Nigeria. It's just a type of African. And I think that this is, that's the important thing. African is the noun, you know, whether it's American, British, Nigerian, Ghanaian, Jamaican, Bahasian, um, whatever. It's just the type, it's the adjective. African is the noun, the nation is the adjective. So, that's it. I don't, how far do you think we are from, you know, we know that Africa is building at a, a great pace. A lot of great things are happening in the 54 soon to be plus countries. Um, how soon will it be? You know, Africa's booming. I, I definitely see more and more people investing because it's part of my business. But I even see, you know, Mzungus, Abronis, um, your white people going to say, I'm African. <laughs> I am African, since that's the best place, I am African, and I also want my peace. How far off do you think we are from seeing that, you know, in, in its pockets? So seeing, seeing, seeing what exact part? The, the... Saying that I am an African too, because nobody wants to be the colonizer anymore when the history has been told and people are saying, well, reparations here. And if you do reparations here, you also have to do it in Fiji. You also have to do it in, you know, New Zealand because the indigenous people were, were colonized. So I, in my mind, when we talk about these things, I just cannot wait. And I'm going to embrace it because we're all human, right? But I'm going to embrace it with laughter when I hear more and more white people. Because I know some in Africa already. I'm African. Yeah, no, I, no, it's true. No, they, they are. And I, I have friends in Africa that, you know, their kids are born in Africa. They're never living. They're white Africans now, on the, you know, and, and, and quite frankly, I, even in my family. But, you know, and some. So here's the thing. Here's the thing for me on this. And it's a great question, right? It's, it's a thorny question for sure, right? Um, so one of the things that we've really taken on board is what we call the human revolution. And when we talk about the human revolution, we spell it with H-U-E as in human, as in people of color revolution. And for me, that's, that's really what it all comes down to, right? Because the anomaly here is this concept of a white race, right? This idea that there is a race that is different from the family of humanity is where the madness is. So quite frankly, I think we are now at a point where we are realizing that 
this concept of a white race is actually anti-human, right? And it's completely destructive. So it's time for those who call themselves whites to abandon this ideology and identity, right? Because that's what it's really all about. It's just this fictitious identity that has been constructed. It's got nothing to do with skin and complexion. I mean, look, here in America, Irish people were not regarded as white. Jewish people were not regarded as white. Hell, Hispanic people are still not regarded as white, right? So it's not about the color of your skin. It's not about your complexion. It's about a mindset. And it's a mindset that is about we are separate from the rest of humanity and special. There is only one human race. The white race is like the continent of Europe. It's a fiction. It doesn't exist, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, I ask people this question, how many continents are there? And you get people going, oh, there's six continents, you know, there's Europe, there's Asia, there's Africa, there's the Americas, there's Antarctica. And I'm like, where is this continent of Europe? Can anyone show me on a map where this continent of Europe is? And people are like, oh, oh, you mean Northwest Asia? Because that's all that is. Why do we call this little patch of land a continent? It's a fiction. It's a fiction that's being created to create some sort of separation between those who live in that Northwestern peninsula of Asia from the rest of Asia. There's no such thing as a European continent. There's no such thing as a white race. There's one human race. So in that sense, yeah, I mean, if Caucasian people who are in Africa, and there are lots of them there, um, are prepared to abandon their whiteness, then I'm prepared to embrace them as Africans. Um, because I think we are all one human family. And, you know, it's all about the hue Manitou, we are all people of color. So, you know, leave the white alone and come join the party. I'm cool with that. So that's his follow-up single to and to your data. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to, that's a follow-up single. That, that's the reggae single that everyone can give, you know, vibe to right now. I, I, if you want some red rocks, I let you go You know, and um, you know, we yeah, I, I definitely see that. Now, with everything that you're doing, some folks may look at you and say, wow, this is the, uh, the black Bill Gates. This is the, the, you know, the way he thinks. But can you talk about how did you get here? Because when you're creating ideas like this, and if people want to go sign up on Health ID, they don't get hit with, hey, buy this. It says sign up. So how do you eat? How do you live when you create these ideas and things that people haven't come up. Are you venture funded, angel funded? Are you, were you just born a blue blood at the Duchess Castle? And so, you know, your money comes in like Meghan Markle's used to. Like how does one create business and eat when you're thinking outside of the box? It's very hard. I will say that um, it's very difficult. And I've come to learn something as a black entrepreneur that I've learned something in the last couple of years that was always lost on me. Um, 
and that and and it makes a difference in America versus in the UK because you've got a big community here. But the real different thing about today um, is that we can stand up a business. You can start a business just within the black community by 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 getting support from the black community from the community. So you know, I've been in the space. For, I've been entrepreneurial for decades, right? Never been able to secure venture funding. You know, I've had a couple, a very small handful of angels um, that have invested in me over the years. Um, after you know, of course, you know, impossible odds. But I've never been able to secure venture funding. And I look at so many of these kids running around with mediocre projects i mean look okay two examples right okay i say meg whitman and everyone's like oh yeah you know she was ceo of um of uh hp so of course she's got big drops i get it it doesn't excuse a 1.9 billion write down though after six months of a project right okay but she's 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 got she's got the profile so i give her that but what 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 about elizabeth um um, I can't even remember her last name now. Tha- the Theranos, um, Elizabeth Holmes with Theranos, 19 year old white girl, right? 900 million in funding based on what, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we can't get $90,000 or 9 million or $900,000 of funding uh, from any of these ventures because that's the way that. Why, you know, if you if you if you really uncode it, you know, white supremacy. Very few people will identify themselves as being white supremacists, but very few, by the same token, will really do anything to get rid of white privilege. And white privilege, if 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 white supremacy is the son of fascism, then white privilege is its daughter. And that daughter's bookends are education and investment. That's kind of how it's all controlled, right? Yeah. So for me, the real difference in being able to start a business now is the, is the ability to crowdfund and go direct to our community and stand a business up like that. And that changes everything, right? It changes because that means it changes the kind of business that you can start with. Because once you get started, you can evolve and morph and change. But it's that capital to get started that is so hard to come by, so hard to do. But crowdfunding, I believe, is the way that we can break this model and actually then go into decentralization and kind of just generate um, enough capital to be able to get a business started in a real way. Wow. I could go somewhere with that, but I'm going to leave it for off air. You guys are going to have to bother me later if I ever disclose what's off air, because I have uh, a couple ideas running, but I want to, I want to stick with, you know, what you're doing, then you're really going for sainthood. So Give us a community give back that you're doing now or that you would like to do in the future that you haven't mentioned. Because to me, all of this is a community give back to hear that these vultures, uh, venture capitalists, sorry, have not, you know, bought in to this. And I have some ideas on that as well, because um, I know I know a guy. I always say, tell people, I know a guy. You know. That's the thing we do, right? You know, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, people. Yeah, give, give us your- <laughs> 
give us your community give back that you're doing or you want to do in the future. Yeah, I mean, so this gen- we're doing this generative art project now. I think I mentioned it before, um, Medan, for around our comic series with like four badass crypto artists. But one of the things we're doing with that is 25% of proceeds go to our foundation, the Internet Foundation, which is basically campaigning for digital rights. But specifically, we're working with an organization called Women on the Blockchain, uh, women on blockchain, Black Women on the Blockchain Council, the Black Women on the Blockchain Council. And they're doing an incredible program of teaching, pe- giving women, Black women specifically, skills um, around blockchain development. And they're going around, they've got a course, they've got courses that they're running in collaboration with Consensus across Africa. Um, and then they've got another project which is around women doing Gile, which is these hats that come out West Africa primarily, but women wear, and they're doing NFTs of those. So they're teaching women how to create NFTs and and um, be able to get value from them. So that's a I'm really excited about that project because it's like real on the ground, um, building the pipeline of skills and you know innovators and entrepreneurs who can just go out and create more prosperity on their own accord um but grows our community effectively awesome and is there um where can people tap in because i have an audience they're like wait he said africa there's something in africa how can we you know find out more about it um how can we participate how can we support what is where can they find that program so uh, the best thing to do is to go to Meta Knights and it's M-E-T-A-K-N-Y-T-S. Um, if you go to metanights.com, that will point you, 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 you'll find out all the stuff on our start engine campaign there, our generative art project. Will it be there by the end of the week? Um, so stay tuned on that. It might be early next week, actually. Early next week, we'll have our gen art project up there. Um, but yeah, metanights.com, you can find out and, and, or go to our Discord. That's really kind of, um, where most our conversations most vibrant. You can follow us on Twitter, metanights or IG metanights, but Discord is really probably the best place to go to kind of deep, get deep into it or metanights.com. Well, you guys have been blessed with some heavy game. I don't want to give you a game overload because I want you to tap in, tune in, especially those of you who are now, you know, the new NFT kings and queens, uh, bankazamunda.com. Yeah, that's a free shout out. I, I want to, you know, have you guys really tap in, tune in. We're going to take the conversation offline, but, um, yeah, if there's anything else you want to leave the people with, you know, feel free. Yeah, no, I just, I, what I would like to do is just give a shout out to the artist that I'm working with on our NFT crypto art project, Tayo, Tayo Damn Shoes, uh, the genius behind eBabes. Um, she's uh, doing phenomenal work. And Chantel, just an incredible artist, crushing it. And these, you know, these women have got huge followings and, and they, their, their reputations talk for themselves. Val and Nez, um, just an incredible, I really urge people just, just from the art perspective, come and see what we're doing on the art project. It's, it'll blow your mind. I mean, you want to see black beauty manifest. It's the work that these ladies are doing 
in the context of this story that's dealing with all these big issues. So, you know, I welcome everyone to come and see that. And, um, that, you know, I think, um, you know, I'll just say again, big up to you, Kellen. This is like big work you're doing here, you know, and uh, it's really key for the community and key for everyone, for people like you to keep bringing the stories of what's going on out there because we're not going to get discovered on the conventional pl- channels. They only do that when you blow up, right? That's the only time they want to pay attention, right? Because <laughs> they think they can make some from you. But so it's really important what you're doing here, and I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, I appreciate you. And if there are any listeners out there, you know, we've talked about everything. I didn't get too personal, but have you been able to do this with with um, you know kids? Are you still a single man, um, wife? Which, which one? Uh, married. Um, my wife is the rock, definitely 100. She's definitely been extremely supportive and is the rock behind me. And, you know, you need a strong black woman behind you to kind of really deal with all of this stuff. Um, two kids, youngest one, six weeks old. Um, so, you know, very new, very exciting in that regards. But yeah, no, I am blessed. I'm blessed with a really loving family and they center me, ground me and give me a focus for what I'm doing in this space as well. So don't, I don't think, I think it's a miss, it's, 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 a, it's misguided to think that you can't do this with a family. It's, yes, it has its different challenges, but it gives you much better benefits in the long run. So for all you high value men out there, yes, you can, and you'll go further with a woman. You might not be able to keep your hair at a certain level. Yeah. you can do it you guys be blessed by the game if you do nothing else make sure you share it it will change somebody's life be blessed are you tired of the violence tired of the injustice police brutality rampant discrimination lack of gun control in this failed by a socioeconomic experiment called america or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. Diversifiedgame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start. Africa, aka the motherland, is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots. Time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifiedgame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.